Hey. You there? Hello. Hey, this is Chet Czar. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Uh, I'm a little behind with everything um, this week because of Son of Monster Palooza. Right now, it's actually Tuesday evening at 10.20 p.m. And I forgot to record the podcast intro, so that's why the podcast didn't come a day early for Patreon subscribers this week. Uh, Monster Palooza wiped me out. <clears throat> it was really great and fun, but these these uh, conventions really kind of kick my ass these days. The older I get, the harder it is to do them. And uh, so Monday, I was just completely wiped out, and I took a long nap and just laid around and didn't do anything because I had to re- recuperate. But I'm feeling better today. Back at it. Spent today getting caught up on shipping from the last couple sales I had on my website and got to work on the dystopia book, which was great. So close. It's so close. I have, I think I have all the images prepped finally. I just have to finish like three or four paintings. It's close. It's coming to an end. Oh my God. It's going to be such a great day in my life when I finish that book. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Monster Palooza was cool. I saw Shane Isaacowski. I saw Stephen Russell Black. I saw, who else did I see? I saw Johnny Ramone. That was kind of amazing, sitting at a booth. Uh, I didn't spend a lot of time. I saw, oh, I know, I saw uh, Stephanie Inagaki, Matt Levin, Ave Rose. Uh, yeah, I I, may, I only was able to walk the convention once. I was in the museum room the rest of the time, and that's the show I curate every year at Son of Monster Palooza. I co-curate with Cabro. They they did the majority of the work. They usually do the majority of the work on that show. Actually, uh, Son of Conjoined, just kind of like a little mini conjoined art show that we do at Son of Monster Palooza and Gary and Erica and Lee Shamel did a lot of work on that and really killed it. So thank you for that, Gary, Erica, and Lee. Um, let's see. Got to hang out with Christopher Ulrich at the show. I gave him a ride out. Brought my granddaughters out one night, the four of us. Went to the show and hung out. So it was a good time. Good time. I got to show my granddaughters Christopher Christopher Ulrich's insane, amazing house with paintings all over the walls. And that was pretty cool. So anyway, an eventful weekend. Busy, busy, busy. Now I'm trying to reacclimate to a regular... Just the regular craziness instead of convention craziness. Oh, and I saw Adam Jones, which was cool. Got to hang out with him and chat for a bit. I uh, don't get to talk to him that, that often these days, so that was fun. Um, okay, I guess that's it. That was the crazy weekend, and let's get on with this.
Today I have a great interview with Han from Handsome Devil Puppets. I found it very inspiring because she is completely living the dream. She's so into puppets. She does these amazing, creepy puppets, and she's totally into it. And, and she's kind of devoted her whole life to it. So I love seeing artists that are just like grinding it out and doing whatever it takes. It's really inspiring. So I think you're going to like the interview. It's a very good one. Um, let's do, okay, let's do, since there's only, I think, one new subscriber, let's do new subscribers. Derek Moore, subscribe to the Patreon. Thank you, Derek. It's much appreciated. You are helping to make this podcast happen. And if you're listening, if you haven't subscribed and you would like to, it's very easy. You just create a free account at patreon.com. Find us at patreon.com slash darkartsociety and join for as little as $1 a month. And that helps support the podcast. You could you could join for more, too, if you want. Anyway, uh, if you listen, it would be nice if you pitched in a buck. That's all I'm going to say. And thank you for everybody who does support, because that is why I am able to make this podcast in my busy schedule. All right, let's get on with the five questions, and then you can hear the interview. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Okay, Michael Michael Switek. What was your most frightening real life experience? Hmm. I think I'd have to say when my grandfather used to babysit us when we were kids and he would turn the light lights off in the house and put this creepy caveman mask on and chase us around the house in pitch darkness when I was maybe five years old or younger maybe that was scary uh, the other time you know the, the other were scariest times I've ever experienced were these out of body experiences I had the one that I, I I talk about in the documentary, I like to paint monsters. Chetzar, I like to paint monsters. The one with the where I was starting to go out of my body, and these little invisible children things came running into the house and into my room and put their hands in my head. That was terrifying. And then the time the pillow guy came standing next to my bed while I was my body was I couldn't move. I was in that hypnagogic state that sleep paralysis and this guy had a pillow up in front of his face and he was just hitting me with the pillow repeatedly that was terrifying but the scary part is the reason it's scarier than regular life stuff is that it feels like spiritual horror spiritual dread and terror it's it's a deeper feeling than regular fear, I think. That's the most scared I've ever been in those uh, out-of-body experiences. I've had some out-of-body experiences that are really amazing, and the opposite of that, but I've also had some out-of-bodies that are just absolutely horrifying. Um, 
yeah, with like a sense of an evil presence in the room. Like really evil. It's weird. Anyway, I don't know what it what it is, but there's three for you. All right. Okay, Deanna Palowski. In retrospect, in retrospect, if there was one thing that you could do differently to get where you are now, what would it be? Uh, I would have been more, well, I don't know if I, I would have done this. What I kind of wish I had done was I that I had not put so much on credit cards. I wish I had never gotten a credit card debt. That's how I basically financed my whole fine art career. And I'm still paying for it. And that's kind of all I'm working for is to pay that debt off because it's just the worst kind of debt to have. So that's the biggest one. That's the biggest one, I think. Okay. Uh, let's see. Adam Magoon, do you still own the Plague Doctor? That's a painting I did, the Plague Doctor. No, that was a commission for Chris Velasco. So I do not own that. Chris Velasco owns it. Chris Velasco owns all of my best paintings. Guillermo del Toro used to be the guy who owned the, my best paintings. And Chris Velasco, now officially, uh, he beats Guillermo as far as my best paintings. Guillermo's still got some good ones like I Want You, but Chris Velasco has just about all the kind of top paintings. My, my most famous, I guess you could say. Okay, Joey Edwards, from, from your time working in the movie effects industry, have you ever kept souvenirs from movies you worked on? What happens with, to all that work? Well, the, the tragedy is... It, uh, sometimes you get to keep things. Sometimes, sometimes production doesn't care. Most of the time, they take everything and either destroy it or put it in a warehouse somewhere and no one ever sees it again. All those amazing effects from the movies just get trashed. I've kept a few things. I can't even think of, you know, looking around my office now. I've got, it's mostly like casts, unpainted casts of things I've worked on, but really, you know, not many at all. I got some stuff, a couple little skins from the tool uh, puppets that I made for the tool videos. Uh, not too much though. I wish I, I wish I had more at the time. I really kind of, you're around that stuff all the time, 40 hours a week for 10, 15, 20 years. You take it for granted and don't just don't see it as special and don't really realize. Um, and this is before the internet really got huge and social media got huge. You didn't realize that it was that special to people. You know, looking if I knew what I knew now, I would have kept a lot of stuff. That you know, I, I would have been able to take a lot of things and uh, and hang on to them. So I kind of took it for granted. Okay, that's four. Where's number five? Uh, okay, Tyler Prince, if you had a chance to make a movie, what would it be about? Well, I, I guess 
it would either be the dystopia movie, which I think would be great. I'm sure I answered this question before, but I'll answer it again. But I've always wanted to make a zombie movie. Now, I've wanted to make a zombie movie since before The Walking Dead, since the 70s, since I was a kid in the 70s, and I saw uh, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. So I would like to make a really creepy, scary zombie movie. No running zombies, slow zombies, and go for the the creep factor, not the jump scare factor. I'm not a big jump scare guy. I like the creepy, slow, moody stuff. The stuff that kind of shakes you to your core because it's so weird or creepy. You know, not even you know, evil. E- evil doesn't. The, the topic of evil doesn't even come to mind when it comes to the kind of creepy things I'm interested in portraying in a film or in a painting. Evil doesn't, you know, not evil. It's like zombies aren't evil. They're just these mindless eating machines. And that's to me is, is more scary somehow, just kind of, there's no, you can't reason with them whatsoever. You, you can't uh, make a deal. You know, it's just about this this kind of relent, relentless, relentlessness, this creepy thing coming towards you, wanting to eat you. That's just, I find it scary. Uh, one thing that's bummed me out a little bit, I love the Walking Dead series, but it, it uh, took away some of the mystique that zombies used to have for me. I still think Night of the Living Dead, the original black and white version from 68, I think. That one is the one that does it for me. Because so I find that really creepy and mysterious and weird. So, I don't know, something about that. Probably because I saw it when I was five years old. Anyway, I would love to do a zombie movie, so if anybody ever lets me or finances it, I would absolutely make a really creepy zombie movie. I have a good idea. I don't want to say it, though. Um, But I do have a good kind of premise. Or not a premise as much as a good uh, environment, like a good setting for a zombie movie that hasn't been done before. That would be really creepy. So, Okay, I will leave you with that. Let's get on with the interview. So, ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed this interview with Han from Handsome Devil Puppets. What's up, Han? Hi! I said it right. Didn't I say it right? Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. You didn't say Han <laughs> or Golden. I, I appreciate you coming, taking the time and coming on the show. I've been a fan of your puppets since I discovered you on Instagram for a while now. I love that's, them. That's the only place I really exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never outside in the real world. I only exist on Instagram, so that's the place to find me. <laughs> right, yeah. I just posted on Facebook yesterday. I posted... I said, I forgot there's an outside. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can relate, I'm sure. Right now, but it seems like a simulation. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so happy you found me and I'm, I'm, I'm fucking thrilled because I'm super fangirling, but I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it cool. If you haven't mm. noticed, I'm real chill about it. Yeah. You couldn't even tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you, you've got some, I mean, I've seen, I think I've seen Rick Baker liking your posts. Oh, I have got- moments like that where <laughs> I have to just like put the phone down, walk away, like have a smoke. I don't know. Like, it just feels, it's surreal because these are people that I, I've been admiring and emulating and just and worshiping for so long. And suddenly they're just, they're just right there in front of you right. and they care. Yeah. And it, it's bunkers. And it's this strange combination of it means the whole actual world. And I feel like I'm going to shit my pants, but it also feels so normal. Like we're just pals. And right. We're just, <laughs> it's such a strange feeling and it will never cease to like humble and confuse me. I just, right. I just, yeah. Who Rick Baker. My goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, once you start meeting these people and, and I know this from working in the film industry for so long, you meet these celebrities and you, you know, you work with them on a movie. Like I worked with Liam Neeson for like three months or something on, on dark man. They're just like, they're just people, they're people, just regular people. They do the same shit, bullshit that we all do. It's, you know, it's, they're just kind of, you know, in this, uh, rarefied position in life, but yeah, it's, it's a trip. It's a trip. Um, anyway. Okay. So we love your puppets. Thanks. Love what you're doing. I always want to do puppets. I really, it's like one of the things I always want. I always wanted to do like an evil, creepy jester puppet. You should do Since it. Since I was like in high school, I've got drawings of this yeah. evil jester puppet. <laughs> That's weird. I puppets. I didn't really, it's not like I didn't care about them. I, I didn't, um, I didn't so much care about making them when I was younger. Mm. I feel like people want to hear that. Like, Oh, I've been making puppies since I was like in the womb. Like I, I loved them. Like I remember watching Labyrinth and, and all this Jim Henson stuff and, and, and those movies and those puppets really did shape me as a human, Mm -hmm. but as an artist, I didn't, I wasn't an artist until four years ago. Like I really, no, I didn't really. Um, I drew a lot when I was younger. I definitely was into drawing, and um but i did more music i took piano and ballet and stuff so i didn't really touch clay until my first puppet i would say what is it 2019 and eight years ago maybe wow i'm at the most uh, i was eight that's amazing yeah it's weird i i i I wish i had a better story like yeah (laughs) Really, just a long journey. Like, no, I just, I'm so new to this. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I nobody take, does. No, nobody knows. <laughs> um, no, I didn't really make puppets. I made, like, sock puppets. I loved that. I made paper dolls and stuff, which I guess is a form of it. Mm. But Yeah, not, not quite the same as what you're doing now. No. Okay, so, okay, let's let's start off. What's, what's, yeah, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> what's, uh, no, no, that's good. What? Uh, uh, you you were were you always interested in art as a as a little kid or creativity uh, music yeah. ballet that's all part of the arts you know it really is the same thing yeah, yeah. it is absolutely. I, I, I'm from a very musical fa- a very religious religious musical family so oh. the music we were making was different than what I mean. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I was always the jackass running around throwing glitter on shit and, and painting and, and, and just generally creating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk about it in my shows uh, sometimes about like accidental art therapy as a child. I felt like object theater was a thing that I did alone while I was to ground myself, like weird centering practices of a, a wee baby hand taking a stuffed animal and like breathing with it right. and making its ribs expand and, and, and how does it breathe and how does it walk? And it was like accidental grounding. Yeah. Uh, and it felt, it, it really helped me. And it wasn't until later I realized like oh, I was <laughs> doing what I do now in a different way. Like if I wasn't touching clay right now, as I talk to you, I think I'd be having a panic attack. So, <laughs> well, I've yeah, kind of always been puppeting without knowing. Right, right. That's interesting. Uh, and and for everyone listening, if you hear any weird noises in the background, aside from my dog, my dogs <laughs> or anything, it's um, because Han is working while we're talking. She is sculpting. So just I'm just trying to make a fly man. He's a fly, but also a man. Excellent. I want him to look like Steve Buscemi. So <laughs> I, I love, I love him. He's his face so is so cool. He's got his the, face is a puppet. He wants yeah. to be. Yeah, <laughs> he is a I'm puppet. I'm doing him a favor. <laughs> He's a meat puppet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so do you? I, am I detecting a slight accent? Like, oh no, I just have a speech impediment. Like I'm. <laughs> you do. I, just talk, I talk terribly. Um, I'm from the uh, middle of nowhere. I'm from Kansas. Really? So, yeah, the sounds that are coming out of me are just because I'm bad at forming words with my mouth. No, really? It sounds really, like... Really, really, I remember I was in... Um, it sounds like a cool European, like a slight European accent. It's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm glad. <laughs> I was in how, like sixth grade, seventh grade, mm-hmm. and I remember first time it's like my biology lab partner nick fuck nick <laughs> to me it's like you say no funny and i'm like well probably <laughs> he's like say it let me hear your o's and that was the first time i was like oh i think i suck at this and <laughs> so i worked it fixing it and it really only comes out if i'm like nervous or drinking hmm. or right i'm just nervous i'm not oh don't just, be nervous but so i am not thinking about um not talking don't well i think it sounds cool so um i was <laughs> and, I'll, and i'll stop fixing it fuck that guy yeah fuck me. nick come on nick asshole you are a loser now what an asshole that's it's so weird it's like everybody's got that everybody's got a nick at least one a guy that you're like you know an adult and you are a guy or a girl that you cannot forget because they just were such an asshole to you when you when it mattered you know when you were a kid yeah, when I why was I so vulnerable? Like, why did why did I care? I mean, I cared a lot. He was cute. Let's be real. <laughs> but but he's a dickhole. So you know. I I mine is Danny Danny Uribe. He oh, Danny. he was such an asshole. He was like a little. He was you know what? <clears throat> he was like a little kind of like a lowrider kid, and he was like a tough guy. And I was little too because I'm short, and he was shorter than me. But he was like tough. And I was a wimp in school as far as fighting or anything like that. I was a total chicken. And I had my a sketchbook. This was in the seventh grade. And I had all these great sketches in it. I always had a sketchbook. And sure he fucking, I did something in class that I would have gotten in trouble for. And he's like, 
give me the sketchbook or else I'm telling the teacher. And I was, and I was so scared of getting in trouble that I gave him the sketchbook, that little fucking, and it's like, I I've looked for him on Facebook because I want to tell him you're such an asshole. I want my sketchbook back. <laughs> Wait, he still has it. I don't know. I never found it. I mean, I found a guy on there that could be him, but it's like, oh. I can't tell, oh. but it's just the like point. Something. I'm good at creeping and I'm great at fighting. So you <laughs> fucking, I will find him for you. <laughs> I just like just it's just square the hell up and we're gonna I'm gonna get that book back for you. <laughs> there's a, yes, I'll give I'll give a reward to anybody anybody who gets me my <laughs> sketchbook back. But there's like a uh at just point being there's like that there's there's everybody has at least one of those people oh, that you can't forget about. People, especially us nutballs. Like we all we all mm-hmm. have right. that one person that honestly, if they hadn't been such a jerk. <laughs> then I wouldn't have tried so hard to make being a weirdo my right. living. Right. I, I was determined to make it work. And I guess it's, I guess this is what you call making it work. Yeah. Hey, you seem, I mean, you're, you're, Let's go yeah, you're, you're, I mean, this is what you do, right? This is it. This is what I do. I got, I got fired. Um, <laughs> actually, a few years ago, like a week before Christmas, it was pretty great. Um, and I was really scrambling, like trying to find a job. And then I sat myself down and was like, what if you didn't, like, what if you just didn't find a job and see how far you can make it? Wow. And yeah. And it wasn't, it's still not easy. It's still. Right. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> but, right. It's not easy what for me. more difficult than living off of toast is not doing what I love every second of the day. Right. And that sounds so romanticized, but I, I really do mean it. If I, if I had to commit my brain to anything else besides this, I, it wouldn't be worth it. I, right. I would live in my van if it meant being able to, to do this. Cause it, it, it's truly more than a job and more than a craft. Right. It's, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know? It's lifestyle. It's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, it's amazing, it's really. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a gift, really. It is really a gift, but it's like, uh, you, it's a gift you suffer for in a way, yeah. you know, because it's hard. Oh, it's, so I'm gonna go blind. I'm gonna get <laughs> purple tunnel tomorrow, <laughs> but I have to do it. I think I would really cease to be if mm-hmm. I stopped doing it right God, i'm dramatic but i fuck i mean it <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome that you're doing it though i mean that that you know that basically happened to me too I, i've told this story in the podcast before i i but i had you know this career in, in in the film industry for like 20 years or something and i got laid off and normally when effects people get laid off it's everybody gets laid off because that's the way the film business is it's like you know, jobs only last as long as, as, as the movie production lasts. Uh-huh. And, um, I was lucky enough to have worked at this place for like five years straight. And then they just laid me off. I think within three days, they're like, for, Oh, Friday's your last day. We, we can't afford you. We, we don't have any work. So I was like, okay. Um, uh, okay. So do I go on unemployment or do I, and look for another job in effects or do I, just fully get into this fine art thing that I'd been doing for like seven years while I was working. I was building that career. And then someone's emailed me like right then someone emailed me and wanted to buy a painting, like an expensive painting. 
And uh, that was like the sign for me. Okay, I'm not going to do it. So I come home, <laughs> tell my wife, I'm like, I think I'm going to do this fine art thing. And she was like, okay, we just bought a, we just bought a house, but sure. <laughs> it was like probably the worst time. Oh, yeah, sure. I- <laughs> but she was super supportive and cool. And, and I've been doing it ever since, you know, never went back. Well, I went back for a couple little jobs here and there, but nothing, nothing more than a week or two at a time. And yeah. <laughs> and the dark I, the dark crystals coming out now i i turned that down i had a, i had an offer to sculpt on it that's how committed i am to not working in the movie business anymore throw this tool but it would be so loud. i just i have i can't i can't i mean i could have put everything on hold and gone to do that but it's like i'm telling you if it was like if it's your first job it's amazing if it's the first five years it's amazing it's great but you know, I know what I know. I would get there, and I'd be like, you know, this is cool, but I'm not doing any of my own work. All yeah. you know, it's like that's I, I I've worked on tons of movies, and it's just like after a while, you you start to realize, you know, it's it's uh, it's not as fulfilling, even if it's a cool project. It's not as fulfilling as doing your own thing. That's I, true. I know it sounds I just, crazy. I would just- no, you're, you're, I can see it. As much as I would murder to be involved in that, I, ca- I can see being told what to do. Oh, um, absolutely. So I cannot. Like I, Because I don't know what I'm doing or how to do it, I just kind of do what my hands tell me to do. I don't know if I'd even be able to. I, I, right. It's a, uh, yeah, it's... it's. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I feel, I mean, part, part of me is like going, ah. Oh, Man, I missed missed out on that one. That would have been a good one. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that's been coming out lately that I had a chance to work on that I that I didn't oh. for whatever reason, and it's kind of a bummer. But you know what? You know what? What you're doing, you are doing the ultimate thing you can do as an artist. Believe me, you could be working in the film industry, making good money, but I'm telling you, it's like a fucking job. It's a job. Way better off, kid. No, you. You're right. I, no, this is the thing. It's good that you started like this. I, I tell this to a lot of people because I know a lot of artists that kind of started being in fine art and then moved to uh, like illustration and and more commercial type art. And I'm and it's like every time I see it, it's like I'm glad that they're you know they've made it up, gone up the ladder. But you know they're going to hit a point. Except they're going to be older than I was when I figured it out. They're going to hit a point where they're like, this shit sucks. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I do. I do think about it. Like I'm absolutely floored and humbled, but it's 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 bonkers that I I do get to do this. I want like when I go on tour and I'm up there and I'm re- <laughs> it's so stupid. It shouldn't be happening. <laughs> I am just this fucking dingus sweating my ass off i've just slept in my van eating fucking pork and beans out of the back and i pop up at these places and people sit in front of me and listen to what i have to say right. and what i made and they don't have to right. if they could watch someone sweat and drink and cry they would go to their aunt's house or something i don't know like <laughs> if they want to watch it a woman have a breakdown they'd be like sick i'll go see my mom but <laughs> do it but they do it and they show up and we share this and no one tells me how to do it. Yeah. And and 
it's it blows my mind. It makes me weep and yep. fall out and just kind of go into a stupor for a while because it's unfathomable. But it's it's wonderful. Yeah. And I someday it might end. That's fine. It'll happen. But until then, I'm my own boss, if even that. I'm not. <laughs> I can't afford to be bossier. <laughs> I couldn't force a dress code. <laughs> right. <laughs> put a shirt on because there's a camera on right now. Like I could probably be a little more put together. But <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. This but is work. It's it's it really. I mean, it's uh, having having gone through that whole process for so long, and then finally realizing, oh, I should have been doing this all along. Um, it's, it's, you're, you're ahead of the game and it won't end really. It will, it will go as long, you know, if you keep cultivating this, this stuff, it will, it will, you'll be the puppet woman, you know, you'll be the top puppet woman. And there'll be a bunch of other people that are like doing puppets because they're influenced by you. I'm telling you, I know you're absolutely killing me, but I do, I do believe that though. If I, I've, if I've made it as far as I have by insisting upon being genuine. Right, exactly. And that's what people are dying for. The more that's what they want, yeah. The more fake and bullshit the world becomes, the more that uh honesty and, and integrity is valued, you know? Absolutely. I, I I when I did my first um when I was starting to do my first shows, I've only been performing live for a couple years. Mm. I uh, was too afraid. I'm still too afraid. Um, the um, first one must have been crazy. The first time I, you did I, it. I cried on stage. I still do. <laughs> I cried on every show. I got up there and I just wept my way through a song. And everyone else is crying too. Let's be real. We all just sit there and we cry together. That's what they're about. Um, <laughs> but I, I didn't. I, I, just, I thought for like before I, before I actually went, when I was planning the show, I thought, you know, should I have a costume? Should I be shrouded dramatically? Because I don't really show my face that often on Instagram and everything does seem very ethereal and spooky, mm. all that stuff. And so I thought, well, should I have like a persona? Do I speak? Do I do I show myself? But the thing about puppet, I'm, I'm about to go on a puppet. Do it. Room size talk. I'm about to do it. I love talking <laughs> to puppets. Um, they... As much as I believe in the power of them as a thing, they are nothing without you. I mean, they're dead without you. You and the puppet together make this happen. So if I am not being genuine, if I'm not being present and personable, if I, if I'm not there, then this isn't going to work. Right. Puppets are honest. Above all else, they are honest. They can't lie because they have to do what you do. So if I'm up there not being truthful. This isn't going to work. And the things that I want people to know, the things that I want them to learn from my shows need to be said by a human, by someone they can look at and go, oh, I relate to this person, even though she's jiggling a doll in front of my fucking face (laughs) and crying. It's crazy because me alone, if I I tell you something, I'm just another person. I'm just another (laughs) screaming person in a great sea of screaming persons. But I'm screaming through these little vessels. Right. And it all comes together somehow. And if I, if I were hiding myself or if I were pretending to be this character, it wouldn't it wouldn't work. And this sounds fucking nutty unless you've seen one of my shows. <laughs> and, and, 
this sounds like, well, I will never pay to see her show now. She's just going to show up and cry at me. But <laughs> it's really, it's a beautiful time. And I, I'm kind of addicted to it now, honestly. That's yeah. It's amazing. It's so cool. It's, it's, it's it just yeah. the, the way you describe that. It, it reminds me of my fascination with makeup effects and making masks and stuff when I was a little kid. Cause I used to, Cause I was super shy, like so shy. I couldn't, I was the shyest kid I've ever seen, but <laughs> my mom used to let me wear masks to like, to go with her to the grocery store. And as soon as I put a mask on, I was like the character and I could completely like be the real kind of person I was, which is like funny and jumping around and running around. And it was weird having that, um, I don't know, that persona to, 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 uh, work through. I was able to kind of be myself. I love that. You know? That's exactly right. Like that, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like whatever it takes to make you feel like you can be what is really trying to be screened out of you. Right. I, I love mask work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what got me into right. effects is, is, is masks. You know, that's, that was, I was like, uh, <clears throat> I used to wear a Spider-Man mask to the grocery store and then I would like. I was like five, and I would sh I would go up to strangers I, and like. You could easily have been like, it was last year. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Same. Right? <laughs> but I used to run up and shoot people that I didn't know, like with spider webs <laughs> through my hands. I would never do that without the mask on. Oh my god. Oh, of course not. Yeah, I, I, I if you, um, if you put me in front of a crowd of people without a puppet, right? I absolutely would not say a word. Frightened to death. I mean, I'm, I'm scared enough with a puppet, but if you. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I that. Yeah, I have to have a puppet. No one wants to hear what I want to say. They want to hear what puppets have to say. <laughs> they want to hear a puppet say it. And they're like my, what's it called? Like my weighted blanket or whatever. Like the puppets are definitely a safe space for me. Right. I and mean, have them in front of me. I can scream. I'll, I'll shoot webs at people. Like, <laughs> But Han won't. I mean, I'll scream at anyone. But... <laughs> Public speaking is a different right. And th this is this is true for all artists, I think. Really, with like painters, because you're 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 communicating with an audience in a way that you feel comfortable with, and it's you're not you know saying the words. You're like, okay, I'm expressing this idea through a piece of artwork, and this is this is the mm -hmm. best voice I have is this piece of artwork, not what's it's coming out of my mouth. You know, same with the puppet performance or shooting spiders spider web with people with a mask on or whatever <laughs> well that's i mean i think it's so important that i found pop, like when i right. uh, first moved i so i moved to chicago from kansas in oh jesus i don't know what year i'm old and tired um <laughs> but i was coming from kansas like i was a small small person in a big huge loud world and i went to chicago and the world only felt huger and louder because i was now in a big city and i felt really voiceless right um because i was just another body and it wasn't until i screamed into the ether through a puppet that i felt like those screams registered and were understood not just by someone else but by by right. by myself as well right by yourself absolutely um, i started making puppets and i say this at my shows uh, first thing um 
when things confused or, or frightened or depressed me or saddened me more than I could handle, I learned that I could take them and, and make them into something that I could then literally uh, manipulate. Right. Take power over. Absolutely. It's incredible. And, and I never felt powerful before, <laughs> but I was, I could, I could control, I could make that fear into something beautiful. I, but I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Most people think <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's scary. The but right, could, the right people it, think it's beautiful. The right people think it's beautiful. <laughs> And you can take power over it. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying you have to even go home and, and learn how to sculpt and then make a marionette. That'll take you too fucking long. Don't do it. But like, take take something in front of you and physically move it. Or like I said, with the stuffed animals when I was younger, make something breathe. Make mm-hmm. something slow its breathing or move, or move with intention. And take power over it because it's so easy to feel powerless these days and yeah you kids just, naturally do this i mean kids, kids naturally do this with everything uh, my uh, kid my kid used to take children with a mouth like this but i mean like if i could tell every kid like what you're doing <laughs> is normal and beautiful and healthy yeah, and someday you're gonna grow up and be a sick-ass puppeteer just like keep doing it and and trust that you are powerful right I, as the smallest kind of human, I, oh, I, I love puppets so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> I just love them. It hurts me. <laughs> you have to cut me off all the time. I it's amazing. Just... It's amazing. I mean, that's how you should be about your art. You know, that's every artist should feel that way about their artwork. Otherwise, you shouldn't be doing it. You know, I, shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I you... cry every mail days or. The worst days. Wanted to bubble wrap these little babies up, but I'm just a, an absolute mess. Really? <laughs> oh God, it's so bad. They're your kids. They're my kids. <laughs> oh, my mom. The first time my mom called one of my puppets her grandkid, I about shit. Like, because she doesn't. <laughs> she's my mom's very Catholic, very straight laced. She, she, gosh, she prays, literally prays that she will get a true grandkid from me, and she won't. But <laughs> she first. The first time I heard she showed one of her girlfriends one of the puppets and was like, my little grandkid. I, I, <laughs> they are. They're so much a part. They are more a part of me than anything I could imagine. So when I put it in a box and send it off, you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that the person receiving it understands the actual blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. And right. release it. That's why it oh. help. That's why it's so so much nicer when a when a when a piece of artwork goes to someone that you know or and like, you know, or or a collector that you know is cool, you know, or a good person. Yeah, it feels like I have like visitation right. Right. <laughs> yep. You know where they are. You know they're being taken yeah. care of. Find it. You better send me pictures of it on little adventures and <laughs> let me Skype it. No, I'll never let me Skype my puppets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not far off the deep end yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so you okay okay let's 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 go let's go back a little bit. So you grew up in a small town. How small was it? Oh, like really small. Really small. Like there's a church and a post office and two bars. Uh, <laughs> two bars. Two, two, there's more bars than churches, maybe. Which is shocker. It's Kansas. No, there's two churches, too. 
It was small. There's like a main street and then like four other streets. Wow. And then you're um, you're in the country. So how are you taken? How 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 do people react to you in a small town like that? You don't seem like a person I that would. When I go back home, it's a it's a event. It's a fiasco. <laughs> I mean, because there's the nearest city. It's probably like a half hour drive to the nearest like made I, that you can call a city. Mm-hmm. So. When I go back to visit home, I spend most of the time there. But even there, people just don't know how to process you as a <laughs> living human who, I guess, wears black. I don't really know what the <laughs> problem is with me. But, um, yeah, we're, I'm kind of the nut okay. of the t- That's That's perfectly fine. With yeah, me. yeah, that, that's that's our job. Well, it makes me feel better than like there was certainly a time when if the town was talking about mother's name withheld's um, child who ran away to join the circus, they were not speaking kindly of her. And right. I feel like talking about said child, they can at least say she's mildly successful. <laughs> uh, there was a good a good um, portion of my family didn't come to my first first and only at this point uh gallery show because it had the word uh devils in it oh so, no really yeah that it's that kind of town oh, oh yeah, my yeah god my aunts didn't show up because of the word devil i'm like i don't if you looked at it yeah like, and it was a t- this was like four years ago so it was a tame show it was my, my first stop which is mostly just like well, wait, <laughs> I was going to say nude women with animal heads, which I guess <laughs> in her defense, but it was like they had flowers and they were really soft, right? a little softer than I am now, but I, I, I don't know. Small towns in Kansas. That's what you get. So you, how'd you end up going to Chicago? Why Chicago? <clears throat> uh, I actually, I majored in um, costume design for theater. Oh. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, I'll go to Chicago because that's where theater is. Well, I wasn't wrong. Like, there is theater there, but everyone's doing it. And let's, let's be real, most of them are doing it better than me. Like, I'm not even good, that good at what I went to school for. Uh, it turns out I'm better at puppets. But I, um, I went there and was kind of floundering, just doing a lot of uh, lonely, angsty drinking and writing and just in my little <laughs> tiny studio hovel and a friend of mine, uh, my only friend in that city and an- uh, answered a Craigslist posting or something for like a puppet show audition. Mm. And I was like, well, that's definitely a place where you go to get murdered. Like that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> certainly not real. Like I'm going to go with you and I'm going to be the muscle with my, <laughs> if you can't see me. I am not muscle, um, but I showed up. And just like stood grumpily in a corner. And it was just like, it was like two hipsters with a 30 rack of PBR in a warehouse. Wow. Just like, <laughs> auditions. And I was like, definitely, this is where we die. But it was real. And she was brilliant. So of course she made it in. But they were like, why is this grumpy person lurking in the shadows? Are you here to audition? And I certainly wasn't. But they heard that I did costuming. So they were like, can you make a costume for a puppet? Oh. It's just a small human, so I guess, yeah, let's do this. So I started working with them, 
And that was when I realized I fucking love puppets. Wow. And we, but we weren't doing anything similar at all to what I'm doing now, but it was still the act of creating a vessel mm-hmm. and screaming through it. And we did the dumbest songs and just kind of carted our little stage around town and it felt so freeing and it, it, it again, that power kind of came over me and, and I realized that this ability, like I, these people have this, this outlet every day. They can just wake up and be like, this little thing can say what I want to say. And someone's going to listen. Even if it's two people, someone's going to listen and be sucked in by this strange magic. Mm-hmm. And that's also where I learned because it was kind of a, a jaunty little band of players. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't have a lot of production value. So we didn't you know, hide behind a black screen. We didn't really like black ourselves out or, And I really commit to that now, still years later, because you're adults, you know, as much as I believe in the magic of puppets, you know that puppets not doing this, it's fucking self, like I'm helping it. Right. I don't want you to ever be distracted by the message by going, how the hell did she do that? Like, I want you to be here to realize that this person who's just like you and just has scared and confused and angry and sad as you is is here to tell you a story. So look at the puppet. If you're confused about what it's feeling because its face is so small and sculpted terribly, look at my face and see this <laughs> giant and, and emoting hugely at you. Because um, I, I don't know, I'm not an actress. I'm bad at theater for, for majoring in it. I'm very bad at theater. Wow. I'm not acting, but I'm good at being. Um, yeah, nice. it's a different. Yeah, it's a different thing. Totally different. I don't think I could do a puppet show. Right. A puppet show proper. I do sing. My whole show is is, is singing and there's music. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, most people don't know that. I I didn't really start doing that until a couple years ago. I realized I I had to start touring because I couldn't keep this to myself. And I'm not good at acting or like, I can't take a puppet and be like, hey, how are you? Like, I can't do voices. I can't. That sounds, that feels terrible. Right. I wanted a way for them to make noise and, and tell stories. And the only way that worked, I felt, would be through song. So I started trying to make noise come out of myself as a song. Hmm. Yay. That's awesome. Thanks. Do, do you ever have kids go to your shows? Oh, I say no kids. No kids? Well, I... Is it, is it too weird or because I was just no, thinking say bad words. Yeah. That most kids, I mean, mo, it's like, <clears throat> you know, like imagine if you had kids, they'd probably be into that. <laughs> they'd be into that puppet show. right? <laughs> oh, that, they'd hear some shit. That's true. <laughs> but, and there's really, it's the right kids, the right kids. And I, I never want to underestimate a child. Mm. They don't deserve to be. What's the word? Like, I don't want to underestimate them. I don't, I don't want to think they can't be trusted with, with heavier information. The world is fucking heavy. Right. It's frightening. And, and yes, we should protect them, but they should be trusted with the, with the responsibility to, to hear these stories. And, and I think we, I mean, we, I think we all were kids. I know we all were kids. <laughs> we all began as children. And I wish I knew what I knew now. I wish someone had sat me down and, and, and told me the reality of things. But 
um, a lot of my shows do deal with death and some of them deal with abuse mm. and survival and healing. And some of them are really silly, but for every silly one, there's a heavy one. And so I usually say not for kids. And if someone reaches out and says, but my kid's cool as shit. I'm like, well, that's great. I'm just letting you know, like, they're going to hear about this and this. And honestly, they might be bored out of their mind. Again, I am just a woman crying at them. They they could just catch you drinking wine one night after they go to bed, mom, and they might be getting the same experience. (laughs) I can't promise them a good time. (sighs) I just, the the only reason I ask is because I was thinking, man, I, I I have granddaughters, believe it or not. Yes, I do. They are seven and eight. And super cool. And they, I mean, as soon as they come in the house to visit, they're in my studio. My studio is like insane. <laughs> it's like every skulls and it's kind of like, it's like your studio, but with probably more crazy shit all over the wall. Like it's just, it's crazy in there. It's really insane. But so they're, they're acclimated to that sort of thing. And um, I was just thinking, man, this is a, this is a, this would probably be a really cool puppet show for them because they're just cool. You know, they're cool kids. The right kids, I feel like, would have would have a pretty good time. <laughs> the, the parts that they wouldn't have a good time with, they'll be maybe confused because I do right. get a little allegorical with the abuse stuff. I never want to, like, pile that in your faces. But, um, yeah, I think it's important to let kids learn when they feel like they're ready to learn. I, I took them... I, I you, you know the Bob Baker, famous Bob Baker puppets. I took my wife and I took them to that, and it was so fucking great. It was it's so, so cool. And the funny thing is, I remember uh, one of my uh, fondest and strongest memories of childhood. I don't have a lot, but one of them is seeing this puppet, this marionette called Mister Bones, and yeah, it was a skeleton, of course. That's why I loved it, but. The whole thing was he came apart. Like you said those breakaway ones? Yeah, yeah. It, it fucking blew my mind. You know, yeah. he, he they and it was the Bob Baker puppets, because I'm from the West Coast. So um mm-hmm. they came to our school and did a performance like to us like right in front of us. We were sitting on the floor and it was and it was so amazing seeing that. That skeleton. I'm certain that it had a, had something to do with my development of just loving monsters and creepy stuff. And so when I took the girls to the the puppet show, it was so amazing. It was so cool, and it was like I I felt like these people were doing God's work. I, I, lack of a better term, they really were doing. They're doing like the good work of the world because they were they're not making shit. You know, you could tell it wasn't like a big budget production. They're doing it for the love of it. And you could tell yes. the people doing the puppeteering were just, they loved it. And the kids loved it. And the, the adults that brought the kids loved it. It was like, it really was amazing. It was, I, I came out of there totally inspired artistically. It was awesome. Love, I've never been there, but I can, I can tell from what I've seen like online and videos and stuff that they do it. They, they are doing good work built on a lot of history yeah, and a lot exactly. of like, genuity mm-hmm. and you can tell you can tell when someone's doing it that way. And yeah. They use so like impure. <laughs> they, they, use, they use like really weird, like songs from the fifties and sixties. It's so weird. Like these bizarre songs you've never heard 
just bizarre so weird but it totally worked <laughs> it's so cool it was oh. amazing but best i don't care who you are you better get into puppets now because yeah if you ever come out to the west coast you got to go to bob baker's theater it's amazing they're like the you know they're the only one i know of doing it really anywhere other than you there's um i mean there's there's a few i'm sure there's more than i know about because i don't leave the house or (laughs) things that matter there is a little theater in minneapolis called the uh, open eye figure theater um, I did like a little workshop with them years ago. They, mm. They're doing really beautiful work too. Really just gorgeous old school marionettes. Mm-hmm. And I actually, that's where I saw my first little breakaway skeleton marionette, like you're talking about. Um, the man that uh, constructs a lot of them there showed me one and I just like had a meltdown. I was like, teach me. There's <laughs> <laughs> not enough time. But uh, it was beautiful. So, I mean, I'm kind of splitting the country there between right, <laughs> right. West Coast and then Minneapolis, but um, they're out there. I, I wish I had better direction to give people if they were looking for like where to go to see puppets, but I can, I, oh, I'm sorry. I could, I'm just thinking, I could imagine yeah. if you, if you had a, like a, a puppet theater, like a permanent location that was all like kind of gothed out. A dream. It would be so cool, like a black puppet theater. Someday. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the happiest place on earth. <laughs> some, some day. The handsome there, devil I, puppet theater. You can, you can kind of, t- I used to, when I was in Austin, a couple different businesses let me like sit in their window. And um, oh, that's a cool I, idea. I in Austin for a bit, sit in the window with some puppets and just kind of like, that's great (laughs) dramatically jiggle them around and Mm. people would walk by and look and that's about the closest thing i've gotten to having a a permanent (laughs) (laughs) like sitting in with people looking at me but i would love that someday it's just yeah it'll happen right city on the right street where (laughs) 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 yeah yeah the the bob baker i think they finally moved but bob baker theater was in like kind of a bad part of town and they've been there since like the 60s i think and i think they got moved out they got like they their building got sold and they'd been there like for however many years you know since the 60s and they had this big like uh 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 like fundraiser to 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 move them to a new place so they got a new place now in another crappy part of LA but still you know it's like they found they got a home because I was when I heard out when I found out about that I was like sad you know I thought they were closing down because it was such an amazing experience um but anyway so okay you what school did you go to we didn't talk about that well this lovely little school in Wichita Kansas what's it what's what what's it called Wichita State University in oh, okay. Wichita, Kansas. Shout out to the five people who've ever been to Wichita. But <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. I I I majored in theater, specifically costume design. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, honestly, as much as I, as much as I gripe about like not using my degree and just paying off thousands of dollars a month for just a degree that I've yet to present to someone to say hire me like I, <laughs> yeah. I i do a lot of what i do is costume work and and i do a lot of historical costuming on these puppets so right yeah the costumes are great thank you yeah they're all stitched they're wow all stitched me. 
um, or glued. Let's be real. I glue a lot of them, but (laughs) (laughs) everything, I think a lot of people think I may like use a doll dress or some Mm. kind of, I don't know, pre-made body, but everything from the tips of the toes to the human hair that I glue on the head (laughs) made in house. Yeah. It's, it's human hair. I, don't remember the source of each weft, but I do have many a bag of human hair in my home. Wow. Yeah. Everything's got to come from somewhere. All the jewels um, are from, I have boxes upon box. I don't know if you can see behind me. All these jewelry boxes, uh, lots of jewels from my granny Goodwitch who has passed on and other powerful, insane women in my family who have left their immense amounts of hoarder jewelry to me uh, I, I love it I, I want everything on these puppets to come from somewhere and have a story right that is important it's it goes it all comes together to make this thing come alive and so the fabrics are all vintage either cut cut from blouses of my own or again inherited pieces um because you'd all deserve that you deserve something that has a history and that is as rich and and full of life as you yourself are, who's going to be holding it. So wow. I, I that's, really that's amazing. It. <laughs> that's I, amazing. I, I sound like a nut, but I believe it. No, I, it's true. It, there's no reason to do anything less than Exactly. That. Yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know. When you think when you think about it, it's like you're um it's like you're you're it's like magic. I, I, I hate to keep. You're I, right. It is absolutely magic. I hate to keep bring. I've brought magic up on the last five podcasts, and I feel like because it's something that I'm into, you know, gotten really into lately, that I'm just like keep inserting it in every, every conversation. But it keeps fucking coming up. I'm into it. I'm all about. Sorry, I'm taking a drink of. <laughs> but it's like it's like you're casting a spell in a sense. It's like you're you're getting these disparate elements that have this these histories and you're putting them together to create like a living thing a living piece of art kind of i really think it is i i really do believe i mean maybe maybe it's like not a ritual anymore. yeah well and that's that goes back to um the i i call it sacred because it is the the sacred ritual of making them yeah, absolutely and i spend I, I, I meditate before I begin sculpting and that's magic. You're doing magic. That's all doing magic. You, you are. So you, I, want, I want you to then do it with your puppet. When right. I'm like the, it's not just mine. Like once it's in your hands, it's still magic. And that that's this, it makes um, this making this a job all the stranger because people, if you come to me for um, a commission, I prep you on that. And like, just so you know, like we're not just, you're not just going to email me and say, I want this character. And I'll be like, cool. You'll have it in however many weeks. Like we're going to talk about it. And you're going to tell me why you want that character, what it means, whether it's original or not. Like, why do you want it? Why does it speak to mm. you? You're going to have to give me bits of yourself because I don't do repeat scopes. So if someone commissions a certain character, I'm not going to make it again. This is going to be, yours wow you better make it yours and i need you to give me a little bit of you so i can think on that while i'm making it because i mean people just like i have very emotional 
very close to, you know, very intimate reasons for making puppets. People often have very intimate reasons for wanting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are important little vessels for them. So it really becomes, we really do conjure something together. Yeah, totally. It kind of feels like voodoo. It kind of feels like yeah. putting bits of ourselves. That's why I call them vessels. Because they, they're not really empty, but they are there to be filled with your feelings and right. Your that's amazing. Yeah, it's so it's uh, it's nutty. I love it. I <laughs> I don't care. It might turn some people off to the idea, but the people that it turns on to are the ones that belong here. Like right. let's let's make some magic together. Which is why like I I'm so selective with what I sculpt. If you come to me and you want something that I feel like right and emotionally connect to, I'll have to say no. Not because I'm a Rockefeller and I'm just gonna pass up opportunities but i i need you to connect with this because i need to connect with it or i'm i'm not going to be able to do it right i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> i spoke <laughs> i spoke purely out of angst and feelings not out of method right. so if i don't have feelings about it i can't work <laughs> i wish like to say i was good at sculpting i'm just good at having feelings i guess you're uh, you're an, you're a you're a full-on artist is what you are full on you know um (laughs) okay let's okay this you you brought up some stuff about construction now what what is your what is the technical process like what do you sculpt are you sculpting with um epoxy putty or what no so what i primarily use and i get this this is me officially answering this question nobody can ever ask me it again (laughs) (laughs) just point them to the podcast if they ask um I, I for more detailed stuff like the head and the hands, I use polymer clay. Mm. Um, but it's never the same brand or kind. Like I, it's okay. Here I go I'm talking about puppets. I love puppets. <laughs> um, what my hands are not your hands. So what speaks to my hands and and what agrees with my hands is probably not going to agree with yours. And I guarantee the clay that I use. When I go to the store and buy it, everyone's like, why the fuck are you using this shit-ass clay? Like, I don't know. It works for me. Mm. So me telling you exactly what I use is not going to do you any good. You have to learn. I spent years forcing my hands to communicate with clay until I found one that it communicated with correctly. Wow. And that relationship is so important to build yourself. Because I, how terrible if I tell you what I use and then you grab it and you use it and it's not for you. But because I said I used it and it worked for me, you married yourself to it. And now you're not making what you could potentially be making. So, well, yeah, I, I always, you know, recommend a wide variety of materials. You know, I say this is what I use. There's a bunch of different things you can use. You know, you should try them all out and see what works for you. It's mostly polymer. And then I use like a paper clay that's more lightweight for the body. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paper clay. I've tried that before. I don't want them. They're, they're uh, the puppet itself is attached with very tiny, dainty little screw eyes to the strings. Mm-hmm. Marionettes, in particular, are such a science. They have to be balanced. I bet. Perfectly. So, oh, I hate string days. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I just spend so much time balancing and and counterweighting things. Um. But it's worth it when a puppet moves. That's what I was gonna say. When when you I I, I saw you posting a deer, you were puppeteering a deer, and I was like, 
it looks like a fucking deer the way it's moving and it's it's all about you know how it's wired and how it's counterweighted i spent so much time on youtubing videos of here she wants to say hi to you all right hello dear (laughs) i can't wait don't move i I gotta get a screen grab of that that's too good (laughs) hold on (laughs) that's perfect that's amazing I spent so much time looking at videos of, um, I just typed in like deer walking, which is <laughs> a, culture, a weirdo thing to do. But um, yeah, the anatomy of deer and, and there's fishing wire inside of her that emulates all the tendons and stuff. Uh, that's so important though. But again, she had to be weighted just right. I wanted her to feel like a real deer. Yeah, and the way the tail was flicking is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she's oh, she's a she's a favorite. <laughs> she her bit in the show is definitely the heaviest. For as goofy as I'm being right now with her, as silly as she is, she's mm, really a heavy one. Yeah, she's based on a. I'm not going to give a spoiler. Okay, I will say she's based on a real deer mm. that I had back in the day. Wow. Yeah, Pips. Her name is Pips. Um, and she was real. And it seems real when you're holding it. It's so weird because it's like it's moving its head, and you're just like cradling it, and it's a trip. People come up after the show. To, I I encourage people to come up after the show and give her little chin scratches and stuff. And when they ask, for, they often ask for photos with her. And I catch myself when we're doing photos, making her like. Blink and right. move. <laughs> Just like you're doing right now. <laughs> like, if she's not holding silver photo, it's my fault. She's not real. Um, but that's, it's like once you get it in your hand, you have to you have to, you have to. make it become alive. It's amazing. It's one of the first things I learned about puppets is keep them alive. Wow. Whether they are speaking during that part of the show or not, keep even if it's a simple up and down of the head to mimic like a breathing, even if it's a little blink, like she's got, keep them alive. And it, it, <laughs> the littlest thing. It's, just, it's, it's such just, a trip. You know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like you have this little living deer in your lap. Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. It's terrible. It's why I'm going to be single forever. Cause she sleeps in bed with me. <laughs> You know, we're not. And it's like you look in the corner and this guy is just like chilling on a branch. Oh, wow. Hold on. I got a I got a screen. That's that's amazing. That is so cool. He he does. He sleeps. There's a branch precariously nailed above my bed that he sleeps on. Wow. How did you do the mechanism for the eyes and all that? That's like pretty. Even see it's spring loaded. I know. I mean, it's a hair tie um, and ping pong balls. That's, <laughs> that's what always gets people. Like Pips that you just saw, she's she's stuffed full of slinkies. She's slinkies mm, and line, and he is seriously. It's a rubber band from from my ponytail and ping pong balls, and I painted him some glass eyes that's and. Great. There's really some, there's some, there's incredible resources. There's really a lot of places you can go online to, to look up, you know, ways to make eye blinking mechanisms. Right. And yeah. I there's bet. a number of resources, but again, same thing with clay at the end of the day, I know my thumb has to do this while my other hand is 
making him fly and that might not be something that someone online has considered so you surprise yourself with the things (laughs) the batshit ways of puppet functions you come up with everyone should make a puppet everyone stop what you're doing right now and start making a puppet i want to make a puppet now damn it you would be great at when you told me about that jester i'm like (laughs) <laughs> I've got the design. I know what it looks like. I just got to make the damn thing. <laughs> I used to. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> that is too cute. Sorry. This is the worst uh, a visual medium for a. Yeah, for it's a, a little. She just showed a little baby owl. Very cute. That's amazing. I, I used to have. When I was a kid, I had, uh, you know, Animal, the drummer on uh, Muppets. I was like. That was my favorite Muppet because he was like a crazy long haired guy. Like I, when I was a little kid, I had long hair and I was the only kid in my neighborhood. And um, so I got this uh, animal puppet and it had an eye blink. Yes. And I was like fascinated by that eye blink thing. I, you know, I still have it somewhere. I think it's in my attic. Um, but I, you know, when I got into effects and stuff, I was always wanting to make mechanical puppets and so i i would i was really into like mechanizing building my own mechanisms and fiberglass under skulls and figuring out eyeballs and you know i made a mechanical hand out of toothpicks one time that actually i love that was crazy toothpicks and fishing line and white glue (laughs) yeah it's all around you i mean i don't think i I use more household items than i am willing to admit (laughs) In these puppets, you can't limit yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I love that you mentioned. I actually, there's been two times that I've been on tour and had the, a chance to stop by a local, like I went in Atlanta, I went to the Center for Puppetry Arts that had a Henson display. Mm. They had a lot of like original Muppet puppets and they had um, some original puppets from Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. And I, I truly, I sat down on the floor and started crying. Who's surprised that I cried? <laughs> and this woman's like, man, are you all right? Like, I'm having a religious experience. Like every glass case had my greasy ass forehead print on it from where I like thunked my face on it. Trying to get a closer look. Because these, they're so incredible. And to see something that as a child you watched and just thought that's a real thing. That's my friend. Right. That, pal of mine and then to see it in front of you it it, it hmm. yeah <laughs> here <laughs> it got, you go <laughs> it got me good it got me so good i don't think animal was there if he was i would have had him a, a, a big moment because he's yeah. he's a one yeah he's a lot of us crazies yeah right <laughs> <laughs> totally. yeah i've been here before i've done that <laughs> you did you mention I think you mentioned I was doing some research on you and I read an interview and I think you said one of your early puppet influences was Lady Elaine. Is that true? Or was that the person interviewing you from Mr. Rogers? Do you remember Lady Elaine, the puppet? Oh my God. No, that, that was the person interviewing me, but yes, that, that that puppet freaked me out when I was a kid. I mean, I remember those are some of my earliest puppet memories were the Mr. Rogers ones. And that lady Elaine was freaky. So was King Friday. All of them were like so King weird. Friday. I <laughs> loved them. And that that little rabbit that had the yeah. 
just like, girl, cheer up. Like, <laughs> again, I was a gloomy ass kid. So I was like, I've been there. But <laughs> I loved those puppets. I loved them. Um, I, I, when I, last time I went home, I found a scrapbook of mine where I had made these little paper dolls, mm. you know, called them puppets. And I'd cut them out and glued them in my scrapbook. And they all had these like <laughs> horrifically sad, like closed downward sloping eyes like mm. <laughs> puppets since birth i guess <laughs> there's a video out there somewhere that no one will ever see ever i say until someone somehow finds it of the first puppet show i did with my sister and a couple cousins of mine we wrote a puppet we wrote loosely wrote a puppet show about the main character was a, a man who was stuck in a coffee bag because our puppet was a coffee bag that we <laughs> And then you work with what you've got. Yeah. Um, but he was in love with Lamb Chop. The uh, the other another puppet. Uh, yeah, I remember Lamb Chop. He loved her a lot. Um, <laughs> we wrote <laughs> songs. We wrote some songs about it. But he had to fight a fox about it's. It's a mess. But we had piano music. Um, wow. Yeah, it was intense. <laughs> <laughs> but. And I never would have thought in that if you would told me in that moment, like, girl, think about this. Like, someday you're going to be actually doing this. Yeah, and it's incredible. Be as haphazard as it was, <laughs> you'll be a little more drunk. You'll be crying a little more, but it's going to be just as much of a mess <laughs> and, and mean just as much to you as your person develops. But right. again me talking about puppets as if they're hey that's what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about you and your relationship to puppets which is all i want to talk about <laughs> well you came to the right place yeah. so okay <clears throat> you have a you have a big pretty big instagram following yeah it's bananas it's great so how long how how long have you been on there do you remember well, i'm probably uh wrong i i had a flip phone until I want to say like 2015, mm -hmm. <laughs> 14 conservative. Like I, I had a flip phone for most of forever. And um, I, at the time, the person I was with was like, look, girl, you can't do what you're doing without <laughs> a fucking smartphone. Like right. Instagram. So he bought me an iPod touch and was like, he put Instagram on it. And he's like, just try it. Cause you need to feed yourself. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> <laughs> so sell your puppets um so i use that for the longest time but um so yeah i guess i've been instagram for four years probably four yeah um that's it i'm a grandma i'm a grandma about this i don't know how to i had a flip phone so i just put it on there and i started like kind of looking for <laughs> people who may understand this which is such a <laughs> not specific way to look for people right. uh, but and for the longest time i was trying so hard to have a certain sort of voice and a certain tone because i had never really navigated that sort of wasteland right um but like i said earlier it was when i realized to keep them genuine or they just don't matter right just couldn't i i i love them too deeply as a, a beautiful magical thing about me to treat them as anything less so i started incorporating my writing and incorporating personal pieces as opposed to just like the celebrity portraits and stuff right. and, 
And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes people are only here to for the faces they recognize from television. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Puppets aren't for everyone in every form, but it's hard for me as, as someone who is home all the time. <laughs> As someone who sees puppets and puppets only to to fathom the idea of that many people's eyeballs being present. And it is it is no less humbling every morning I wake up to look at it like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It, <laughs> it, <laughs> it just, I can't understand it. <laughs> it means that you're doing something that people want to see. I mean, you're you're it's it's. No bonkers yeah it's great i mean you found your thing you found your thing you 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 you're no longer searching for your thing you have your thing your love you've got it and if if you know in case you needed any more proof that it's your thing and meant to be you just have a huge legion of followers on instagram so i mean it's just gonna it's gonna be I huge. Hope showing my hand doesn't make it less of an appeal. And maybe, maybe before no, they how I sounded and spoke, they were like, "I'm into this." But no, this is gonna be great. This is gonna great. Be, I'm telling you, this is you, you. It's gonna be huge. I think you're gonna be huge. I really do. I think I'm you're gonna, gonna be big time. You're killing me. I just gotta. I'm keep, keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, I love your feed. It's it's really uh, well curated, I guess you would say nowadays. But I wish it was curated. It's mostly it's exactly what I'm doing from day to day. Yeah, so. yeah. So you just taught yourself to sculpt out of nowhere. Honestly, truthfully, yeah, I am. It's again, as with most of the things I say, it sounds so romanticized. It sounds so. I don't want it to sound disingenuine at all because it is so nonspecific, but I do mean it. I just sat down and I had feelings and I didn't know how to feel them. So I thought about how I was feeling and started making what I felt. And I don't understand it. I wish I had a method I could teach people or teach, fuck, teach myself so I could at least <laughs> be assured that every day I could know what I'm doing, but <laughs> yeah, no sculpting. I, I just started making, start, starting with balls of clay and looking at whatever thing it was I wanted to replicate, whatever I would take pictures of myself having big emotions cause uh. I'm good. and, or not even pictures, just kind of feel myself making that face and feel it coming out of my hands it sounds so stupid i wish i had a better way of saying it <laughs> but i was making my own paper clay at first mm. i was using a lot of like salvaged doll parts and salvaged bones and stuff and doing a lot of assemblage work like that and then um once i found polymer because at first i said i'm never going to sculpt a human face ever that's a wormhole i don't want to go down you're going to do animal heads and that's it. Because once you start doing human heads, then you're just fucking making dolls. Then you're just, you know, you're a sellout. You're just going to make humans, which was stupid. But <laughs> it was mostly me being afraid that I could not make a human. I was I was afraid of, I mean, that, it's daunting to sculpt a human face. Yeah. And then I started doing it. And it is so much goddamn fun. I love the human face is... I love it. I love it. All the different nuances and the mouth and the creases and the. Oh, people watching is my favorite. Like, like, like we said before, like Steve Buscemi, like he's, 
he's he's meant to be a puppet. Yeah. I'm staring at his face this whole time. He's up on my phone. I've just been looking at his face like, damn, dude. I got in trouble at a couple of my jobs, surprisingly, <laughs> for telling people like you got you got great shapes. Like your face has shapes that I'm <laughs> I just think you'd make a great puppet. I, I, I say that to people and they would complain about me. <laughs> you'd make a great puppet. For a minute. But there's just some people I'm like, you are incredible. You're unreal. Like a cartoon, like a caricature. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. I love it. I hate people, but I love their faces. <laughs> I want that's to a kill that's a That's quotable. That needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I love their faces and their hair that I get to put on my puppets. Yeah. Oh. Wow. It's it's uh it's so interesting to hear about your process. It just they, they are so much like voodoo dolls in a good way. I, I mean that in the best way. Well, intentions are important. Intentions are so important. I mean, I, I, that being said, there are <laughs> there's plenty of days where I just like put on the X-Files and start like slamming Cheetos and, and sculpting. And it, it's just as important to me as the days when I start with an intention at my altar and, and, and think about the character I'm sculpting. And if it's a really personal piece to someone like pondering that and, and really putting that into it, I mean, there's different approaches for different projects, but it really does feel like a ceremony. Yeah. Is it's, it's 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 it really is like a spiritual practice it sounds like i mean just referring you're referring to your workbench as your altar i have so i have an eight foot long work table and uh accidentally four feet of it is an altar mm, an actual altar cool yeah i mean i got uh, it's items of my grandmother's and i mean you know your altar is your fucking private sacred whatever but i do have puppets i haven't finished um, old photographs and just things that help me remember why I do this. Right. Things that harken back to my beginnings and and things that keep me centered and keep me focused. And every, I mean, I, I don't want to get into religion, but everyone has their own fucking way of finding their religion and finding what makes them feel connected to something. And if my religion is fucking puppets, then so <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the religion of puppets. It's, it's excellent. It is. I mean, listen, I mean, think about it. The power I talk about, and it is like idolatry. It's these figures that right. I'm putting my power into. Um, and if at the end of the day, that's what kept me from absolutely losing my shit, then cool. I Then... I worship at the Church of <laughs> Puppets. <laughs> it's my thing now. <laughs> I'm the high priestess of puppets, and I'm down with it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it's it's funny. One thing I want to go back to also is you talking about um, uh, like mastering your fear through the puppet, you know, by creating something that you had power over. And I just interviewed. Um, last week I interviewed Jordu Shell. I don't know if you know him. He's a really amazing sculptor, <laughs> mask sculptor. He's fucking incredible. So good. And we were talking about that idea that, um, that by creating, well, you know, I'm, I'm all about the dark art and, and, and 
using that as a way to heal and confront your shadow self and bring forth your shadow self and deal with it in a healthy way. Shadow self, look at you, you youngian. Yeah, we're doing that. <laughs> we're doing it. And um, uh, he was bringing bringing up the idea that you know he was de- he was dealing with things he was afraid of, and I brought up when I was uh, let's see, I think it was in my thirties in the nineties. And I went to a therapist cause I was all fucked up and had all these issues. And my therapist thought this is the first time I had ever, ever uh, thought of this. She said that she felt like me being into dark stuff and horror movies and creepy things as a kid, because I've been into this stuff since I was a little kid, like really mm-hmm. young, <laughs> like five years old. One would say too young. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but, um, she said it was by drawing drawing the monsters. I was um, uh, allowing myself a way of mastering the things I was afraid of, and I had all kinds of drama and trauma going on around me and my family. And I was alone, kind of dealing with it. No one was really telling me what was going on. It was just chaos and scariness everywhere. And so I would just sit and draw Frankenstein or draw a zombie or a skeleton. And that was my way of dealing with it. And, and, and I always felt, you know, I remember going to, when I first started going to her, I was, I remember telling her I would be insane if I didn't have my artwork. And I didn't even really know what that meant. And it was like through the process of, you know, digging, digging through all this shit, I kind of understood what it meant. And it was like, I, I knew it, but I didn't know why really. And uh, just the idea of, of of mastery, uh, this gaining a sense of mastery over that which which you're afraid of makes art so powerful. So powerful, and dark art especially, and creepy art. You know it's, that's why it's so relevant and important. The raw stuff, yeah, absolutely. It's. I mean, I I definitely relate. I also I also as a youngin was sent to a therapist as if she would somehow make sense of it, but. I, I, but it also goes back to what I was saying about being able to like trust kids with right. reality. It's like you're the expert of your own feelings, and yeah, I didn't understand my feelings, and yes, they were threatening and dangerous and and, and too much for a child. But at the end of the day, I I still believe in the importance of spending time in those scary places. Right. I believe in the power that I find in there, the things I learn about myself. Right. And I, it's yeah, where all the good stuff is. It's where the good right? stuff is. <laughs> you should have a way to find to find a way out of there. And I, my, my show I'm currently touring with is called Into Glow, Out of Gloom. And it's a line from a poem by Frederick Mortimer Clapp. And I, I chose that name because... Of the obvious, it, puppets take me out of that gloom into that glow, but I wouldn't have that glow if I if I didn't let myself spend some time in there. And right. uh, yes, there's plenty of days where I mourn that bit of my childhood that I lost because it because I grew in the gloom. Right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have this. And I. I- to get super serious, like that's why, like that's why I tell these stories because if one fucking person in that audience is lost in their gloom and doesn't know 
how to learn and how to get out than if 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 me up here weeping at you and, and telling you the importance of loving your gloom and, and finding your way out and talking and listening and it, it, it's uh, it's such an insane, bittersweet, like, <laughs> to love your gloom, to love your shadow self, yeah. so, but to be able to also step outside of it and, and address it. And, oh, yeah, and I, I, it's people turn that way. Yeah, I, I remember one time, um, let's see, it was in 87, I think, somewhere around there, when I first took acid, I had this crazy... <laughs> Crazy realization, a lot of crazy realizations, but one of them was, it's, I, I, I heard this kind of voice and it was uh, making friends with the devil. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, and, and, and now it's like, clearly it's, it's making friends with your shadow side. It's making friends with your own devil. Your devil, not necessarily right. the devil. Right. There may be one devil, but your fucking devil is... Yeah, make he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but it's 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 uh it's a it's a it's a it's a gift, and, and, you know. It's like without that adversary there for you, you wouldn't become the person that you are. I mean, again, we talked about this last, I think, last podcast or one before, um, that <clears throat> by by okay, I feel like. You know, because I was creative, I I had to find my way out of this chaos and fear. Otherwise, I, I probably would have gone crazy or something. And so, because I was creative, I just followed that creative instinct. I just followed that. I followed that out of it. And so, the way I uh, was able to do that was to get all into monsters and draw monsters and make monsters and make them physically and make them like these monster puppets and do makeups. And that led me out of this hell I was in basically. And now um, I feel like I'm honoring that, you know, with my artwork, it's honoring. It's like, these things helped me. These things saved me. They saved me. They say, and when I was five years old, it saved me. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And so now well, it's like, uh, sorry, continue. Oh no, no. It's just, now it's like I, my whole artistic life is built around these things that saved me and I'm honoring them and kind of trying to create compassion for them in a way, you know? Well, because they are us. Right. <laughs> and I felt frightening and grotesque and yet somehow craved being heard. Yep. And craved being beautiful and, and craved being uh, attended to and yet still deeply believe that I was some kind of grotesque little creature and, mm. and still do and, and, and have made it work for me. But right. <laughs> as, a, as a religious child, a child who was brought up religiously, um, I was taught that fear, let's get into this shit, fear was a weakness. Fear was a distrust in God when right. I was younger. You, if you feared anything, you doubted God being there to A, save you, but B, also never make monsters. Like, Jesus didn't fucking make monsters. Like, right. <laughs> God monsters, so why are you afraid of them? And I was shamed constantly for my fear of things that I saw that others didn't and was told I was bad 
and sinful and should be ashamed of seeing these visions of something so frightening, as opposed to being heard, as opposed to anyone having interest in joining me in that world or seeing its origins or and and so I spend a lot of time believing that fear was sinful and fear was shameful. And yet there was still that dark little fucked up baby hand that was like, but also it's sick as hell. Like <laughs> <laughs> I remember being handed uh, books of saints like when we were in mass and we had to amuse ourselves with the books. I would turn to pages that had like the martyrs right. with their eyes in their hands and getting their goddamn flesh ripped off and getting drawn and quartered and I was like this is where I belong yeah, this is <laughs> you the dark shit like you, you talk about protecting kids how about Catholicism just like plop your baby in front of the right. fucking crucifix and tell them that oh <laughs> yeah that, I- and got her tits cut off because she wouldn't fuck someone like it's frightening oh yeah yeah fuck we're just like trusting children to blindly it's weird to have faith in it and yeah that's I the, think, yeah. no, no, no. I was just gonna say that's the the. I'm sorry, but the irony is that they're afraid. They're so they're the afraid. ones that are afraid. They're and, so afraid. And the the, the, the I I think Catholicism as a as a as a as a tradition and religion, like stepping outside of it and looking at it, it's it's beautiful. It's really a beautiful, amazing the iconography. Yeah, it's beautiful and incredible, but yes. it's dark as hell it's dark it's dark, it's dark art I have no one to blame but themselves i mean you look at me to a cathedral every day like <laughs> what am i gonna do but love gaudy nonsense and blood and torment and you know wailing and gnashing of teeth like i'm here for incense and thumping your chest <laughs> and gregorian chant my dad Put on Gregory. I remember like playing Barbies with my sister, and dad came in and like put Gregorian chant on. Like, sick, we're here for this. Wow. Like, <laughs> guess we're playing Barbies, listening to monks. Like, it was such, I, I loved the weight of it. I loved right. as much as I hate, as much as I cannot get behind organized religion and certainly can't get behind the politics and tr- problematic nature of Catholicism. I loved getting to see a we, when we, my dad would take us to um, this cathedral in the city where they had Latin mass. Wow. So I couldn't understand a fucking word, but I knew, I knew these men hated themselves. They're Bur- pounding their chest. They're lying prostrate on the ground. The choir is fucking wailing in Latin. The organ is screaming at me. The crucifix is just bleeding in front of me. And I'm like, everybody hates themselves. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> this feels awful and heavy and i'm crushed beneath the weight of it because i'm six right but i i want to feel this weight and i want to feel this penitence to something bigger than myself and it turns out that thing is puppets (laughs) i don't know it's the fucking universe we don't need religion we have the actual world around us to make us feel crushed and guilty right I mean, just, the, oh, just, just really getting into it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the savior, you know, up on the cross, the main thing you're worshiping is so heavy and just torture, pain, blood, 
suffering. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's like I get it, but it's oh, I remember when I first heard about like miracles. I say with finger quotes, um, like statues crying blood and shit. I was mm-hmm. like, that is metal as I'll get out and <laughs> think I'm not gonna grow up to love blood. You're wacko. Like <laughs> I remember. My grandma had a postcard of this weeping statue, weeping blood statue, and she had it on her bulletin board, and I would see it whenever we went over there, and I was just, I was frightened, deeply frightened by it. I remember we would drive home through the country um, in, you know, soccer mom van, and the back of the van would be empty if it was just me and my mom, and I would be, I would keep my eyes closed and my, like, back kind of hunched because I thought behind me in the darkness of the van was a bloody weeping statue. Wow. up from the dark i I remember being so afraid of it and but when they would say the words like fear of god i was like oh i'm supposed to be afraid right here is the state i'm supposed to be in it makes me holy and perfect and worthy of love um yeah it's crazy (laughs) being scared and the only i think the thing that scared me most when i was little was et which is disappointing i wish i had something better than that um (laughs) i was afraid of et when i was uh, oh wow yeah, which was like he was cute. He was yeah. like not here to hurt anybody. <laughs> I we my sister and I actually asked my mom how tall she thought ET was, and she's like, "Girls, I don't, <laughs> I don't fucking four feet." And we measured from the floor to the doorknob to see if he could reach it and get into our room. <laughs> Honestly, harrowing <laughs> to think any given night he could just waddle his ass over and be like just gonna slip in here real quick and i was scared of that also yeah. like, that is creepy when you think about it <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> but i wasn't afraid of men dying on crosses and bleeding and and you know people with the skin torn off telling me to pray i was afraid of a puppet right <laughs> talk about how that came full circle yeah wow do you, do you remember seeing The Exorcist for the first time? Here we go. Big confession time. So when you grow up Catholic, you don't get to see movies. We somehow saw E.T., which will never make sense to me. Um, I didn't really get to see movies. You see, um, you've seen it at some point, though, haven't you? I didn't see it until I was 21, I believe. I had like just learned what movies were. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, it wasn't until I went off to community college... <laughs> she says fancily that I'm the uh, what's it called the leash was loosened mm-hmm. I was like oh there's a big bad world out there looking to kill me so I'm going to do what most little Catholic schoolgirls do and just lose your goddamn mind when you go out in it and I'm gonna see movies and <laughs> that's when I saw The Exorcist and the I remember the part that I the crab walk down the stairs. Yeah, I had a hard time. <laughs> it's it's I it's cut I, out of the original. It's the scariest part, I think. It's the scariest part, hands down. Well, because and then that, her tongue and her, her tongue when she's mm. when she she does the crab walk backwards and then she turns around and then she like darting this tongue out and that is like. One of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Yes. Well, to show my age, or I guess the lack thereof, I feel like I'm like confessing my baby. When I went, the year I went to college was the year The Grudge came out. And mm-hmm. my roommate set her TV up, and the first thing I saw on that fucking TV was a preview for The Grudge. 
And it was the first like scary movie imagery I had ever seen. Wow. And I heard that noise and I saw why that fucked up like weird stop motion walk. And I was like, I don't belong in this world. Like this is, <laughs> that is how, because that's how stuff moved in my head. That is how things moved all jerkily and, right. and off me in my brain. And then to find, to see it on a screen, I was like, no, well, I got to go back home. It was so scary. And I heard that awful, like growling noise. Um, but that was like the first time that I realized, girl, you got to, fucking wake up and deal with the real world being present. Yeah, you were you were unprepared. I was unprepared and and again, I blame religion. <laughs> as much as I can praise puppets, I can blame religion equally uh for uh me being how I am. But god, yeah, the exorcism that crab walk, I I'll yeah. never get it. I will I value it highly in my horror upbringing. My <laughs> My late blooming horror upbringing. Yeah, you probably have never seen this movie, but there was. <clears throat> Don't. Think, yeah, there's, there was an Ita- I think an Italian exorcist ripoff called From Beyond the Door. You ever heard of that? Door, yeah, I think. So. I mean, I'm really uh, watch the tr- watch. I the, love Bava. All yeah, that. Right. This is like way below Bava, though. This is like ripoff, <laughs> terrible movie, but. And it was with I don't know if you're I'm sure I'm sure you're way too young to know remember Nanny and the Professor, but it was a show in like the early seventies. And the the nanny, who was it was kind of a ripoff of Mary Poppins, the nanny was like a magical uh Ju- Juliet Richards, I think her name was. Anyway, she played this possessed girl. And you should do yourself a favor and watch go go on YouTube and look for from uh from Beyond the Door trailer. And and they did a they did a what's that? It sounds familiar. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. It's it's because there's one shot because they did. Of course, they did the head spinning ripoff, and oh. it's so fucking creepy. I remember <laughs> seeing that. Even now, I look at it and it's like that is just gives me the creeps. It's great. Bad practical effects are the scariest. I, I know. <laughs> That's what, when I have when I have seriously when I have see monsters in my dreams. They're like bad makeup effects with like seams. Yeah. And you know, bad paint jobs. It's really weird. Or like carnival stuff. Yeah, it's disturbing. It's like it's somehow like it's it's uncanny valley stuff. Yeah, because it's supposed to look real, but it doesn't look real. And then it takes it to another level of creepiness because of that. You know. Yes, because it's done so poorly. But I'm also that because I'm also a huge grumpy ass old man when it comes to practical effects. Like, I, I get it. CG has been utilized beautifully, I'm sure. And you, we couldn't have modern cinema without it, whatever. But when I, mm, yeah. I'm a girl about it. <laughs> I'm here for practical monsters. I believe in them being effective. Yep. And they should be used at all costs. They should be protected. And <laughs> I get angry when they're not. <laughs> well, Guillermo del Toro is the big hero. but he also i mean the way he uses cg yeah he does it the way it's supposed to be done it's supposed to be done i just threw my pool out of enthusiasm (laughs) (laughs) i thought i heard something crash (laughs) you mentioned guillermo and i was like (laughs) um yes his stuff is beautiful i'm I'm 100 here for it 
Yeah. Um, well, puppets are practical. You know, they're they're a type of practical effect, really. The new um, Dark Crystal was on in a bar I went to a few days ago, and I like I shed a single tear when I saw the first puppet. I was like, I have to move down the bar. I can't look at this. Like, I'm gonna really. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I know. It's, I need to see it. I need to see it, but I kind of don't want to because I know I could have worked on it. But <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> but you know, I'll watch it. I'll watch it when I get the nerve up. <laughs> I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's like I made this decision. I'm going to do this thing, and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do my own thing, and nothing's going to stop me. And and that's you know. Part of what I part of what I had to give up, you know. Yeah. But I'll probably make a bad decision and sacrifice my independence for a project and regret it instantly. And yeah, it happens. I'm sure it'll. As long as it's not twenty years worth. (laughs) But you know, I I got my my. It was like for me, it was like going to art school because I got to work with some of the best artists. You know, the, the artists who do practical effects are amazing. Like as good as or better than a lot of fine artists. You know, they're really good at what they do. So being around that was really helped me. Um, I don't know. It taught me everything. I, I didn't go to college or anything. So <clears throat> it taught, I just went into the film business like a year after I graduated high school. And it really informed, you know, col- color theory, every, everything, I, sculpting, mold making, casting, everything I know is from makeup effects. So I love that. Yeah. It was it was cool. It was fun. First ten years were fun. <laughs> Everything it was like, like I'm on year four. <laughs> <laughs> I have so far to fall. The blob? No, no. You're, the blob was um. Blob. The blob was amazing, and everything was slow. A slow. We just talked. I talked about this with Jordy again. The blob was amazing, and then everything slowly went downhill till the very end. It's kind of a bummer. <laughs> It was like I got in at the tail end of when effects were like still important and big. And, you know, the thing had come out a few years before and, you know, all these big effects movies and there was money and time to do it right. And then it just kept getting less and less as time went along. Yeah, someone tried it when I was watching The Dark Crystal at the bar. Some guy was like, you know, it's like way cheaper to use puppets than computers. I'm like, are you shit? Dude, what? No. Like, yeah. Make a thousand little computer men in two seconds, but you have to build a puppet and then hire someone to manipulate it and then do like, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does practical effects because they're easy. Right. They do them because they are hard and they are visceral. They're real. And, and yeah. They're there. They're there. They have weight, you know. Come to the uncanny valley <laughs> where I have built my summer home and will live here comfortably for many years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all live in the uncanny valley. It's true. Speaking of, I gave up on Steve Buscemi. I crushed him. He wasn't oh, working. Oh, no, really? I made another owl instead. It's fine. Oh, well. He was on the agenda. So. That's cool. <laughs> I wish I had done Steve. I, I couldn't. I think he needs more focus than I have to give him right now yeah 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 that's that's a lot uh, staring at me this whole time (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't mean to didn't mean to to fuck up your steve buscemi i I wish he was actually staring at me (laughs) (laughs) as 
studio, Steve. Can I call you Steve? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We're going to ask you a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like I'm doing terribly. Oh. I, I want to uh, ask you a little bit <clears throat> about your career and how you're making money because I know a lot of people yeah. are. You know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are aspiring artists that maybe haven't been able to leave their job yet. And so I talk a lot about kind of the business end of things and how to make a living because, you know, it's important. It's important because we have to do it. You know, there's no other, no, no way around it. So are you like, are you getting commissions? Are you just making dolls and selling them? Is it a combination? What's well, the deal? It depends on the time of year. I mean, there's there certainly there was long periods of time where all I was doing was commissions, which is great. Um, there's so much fun, and I get to learn so much about so many people and 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 test myself. And I'm getting to a point where I'm aching, aching to make some original stuff. Uh, me too. But, I'm dying. You know, <laughs> the point where you're not getting paid while you're just whipping up original characters and then praying someone wants to buy them when you're done, it's it's risky. Um, but it, I also just got out. I got uh, started with and am coming to the end of my tour season, during which I am just writing shows and composing music and not making any money, right? Uh, because I have to write, so it's a tough time right now. Um. I would say I do t I do take a lot of commissions. I have a waiting list. You put a deposit down and I just I promise you that I, I will get to it soon. Mm -hmm. And then I release little swarms of creatures every once in a while when I feel like making a lot of the same little critter to make something more accessible because not everyone can afford right. a custom marionette. So I like to make little swarms to keep everyone involved. I think everyone deserves a puppet. Absolutely. So if I had, I, I can't quite give an accurate like percentage as far as the proportions go, commissions versus original work, but I do wish I had the ability to, to, to do more original character work and take a break from commissions and start creating characters again. Or for people who are asking for commissions to come forward with something original, like not, no offense to anyone who came to me. <laughs> Movie character is beautiful. It's wonderful. But um, I want to encourage people to work with me to create a character together. Yeah. Do come from your depths. Like, let's dig into that. And the world is too vast and frightening and incredible. Like, we, there's too much out there to just... Some people get upset when I say I won't redo a character. But it's like, come on. There's so much out there. Like, oh, what's yeah. The it's infinite uh, it's infinite so as far as making a living goes i mean if things get tight i release a swarm of little accessible little animals that yep. i love so much they're certainly not you know what i want to be you know what 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 my guts are in but i'll make a, i'll make a little goat i love a little goat and i'll sell, <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell a little herd of goats uh, <laughs> Feed myself for that week, and then that gives me some breathing time to think of shows because I've got a show coming up on October like 13th, 12th. I don't know. I'm trying to do some ha spooky Halloween shows that wow. I've been missing everyone I'm doing, but I have not uh, written. <laughs> where, where, when, where is this? I, I have a show at Sphinx and Snakeskin 
in Philadelphia, it's uh, it's owned by a blood milk jewelry company, and it's oh, yeah. a little space. So um, they're letting me do a joint Halloween show with Pure Vile, a, a, a really crazy, beautiful avant-garde fashion designer from Brooklyn. So he's going to be doing a fashion show, and then I'm going to make everyone cry when he's done. Uh, <laughs> and I hope to tour spooky halloween show uh around a little bit afterward just to change it up because i've been doing my gloomy glow show for a while um but again i have to build that and also feed myself during that time so um like i said in the story about when i got fired and started doing puppets only it's like a constant shift of finances and attentions and it's fun of course it's thrilling and it's an honor it's an absolute honor to get to do this um but it doesn't come without sacrifices mm. and listen, listen to your body and listen to your tummy <laughs> like you uh, of course have to make sacrifices but because i truly believe in what i'm doing and truly believe that my breath would stop if I stopped making them, then I'm just going to keep doing it. And I'm going to write this fucking Halloween show. And it's going to be great. That's what Steve is <laughs> for. Oh, Steve Buscemi's for the Halloween show? He's a little, going to be a little fly who's in love with the spider, which, you know, it doesn't go well because she like, actually wants to eat him. That's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I think we can all relate. I think we've all been a fly. That's great. <laughs> Being happy to just be eaten by the woman we love, despite the fact that she's eating us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How often do you do you tour the shows? I'm not. Uh, I want to do it more, but again, it's 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 tough. It's it's, it's like a, being a traveling band, basically, which is really hard to make a living at. It's just me and a van full of beans. Uh, usually in the summer, I do a few. Last summer, I did uh, a few, and then I've only done one so far this year, which is, is, is heartbreaking, but I had some delays. Um, I want to tour more, um, and but now that I have this beautiful, dumpy-ass van that I love, I'm hopefully more able to do that because uh, I just load it up <laughs> with beans and puppets. And... <laughs> It's it's weird because you can't I can't book like a venue like a music venue or a bar because you have to sit down and listen, and no one right. wants to open for a puppet show, and no one can open because it's like an hour long show. So I can't really like you know, play with a lineup. So. Is it normally like art shows? Because it seems like an art show would be a perfect it's place just to me. do one. No, I don't do displays. Like I no 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 like a show at someone's opening. Like before the show opens, you have a. A, a show in oh, the gallery not yet no that seems like so the perfect place just, for you yeah it'd be perfect I, I pop up in art galleries tattoo parlors oddity shops and um, basements mm. <laughs> houses wherever they'll have me because it does feel like a, such a singular experience and because a lot of people cry like no one I, it's not really something you can do i don't know it kind of has to be isolated i feel like because we get we get into it and we get pretty heavy uh how many people do you perform to it depends i think the biggest crowd i had was 80 and i about wow yeah, yeah. that was that was big it's a lot 
I yeah, I had like 80 and like it was like in Kansas City. It was very random. Wow. And then I had like upper 70s in Atlanta because that's the puppet capital of the country. If you didn't know, Atlanta, Georgia. I did not know that. I was shocked. <laughs> then again, there's been places where I had, you know, 30 and sorry. I told Not you what happened. <laughs> the mailman must have come. <laughs> <laughs> but it, because the shows are so intimate and we're all just kind of here to tell stories, 30 feels like 100 and 100 feels like one person there staring at me. Right. It's great and harrowing and great. <laughs> it's, it's weird. I never want to stop. I want to do this forever. And Every show is different because it's all just a conversation with you. I don't want you to feel like you're watching theater. I want you to feel like you're talking to a human and watching, like, I don't know. I, I think my weird, s strange and, I don't know, my lost self who is out there in the ether floating around knows that yours is out there somewhere too being lost mm -hmm. and we're gonna combine in this sweaty usually not air conditioned air betwixt us <laughs> we're gonna see we're gonna see what takes shape it's real it's real fucking mystical yeah i love it <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i, I, I i'm 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 glad that you <clears throat> approach it that way because i really think it is i i think you know, all art is all good art is ultimately mystical and spiritual, you know, it's, it's got to come from the guts Not to say that if it doesn't come from the guts, it doesn't mean anything. Right, right. I'll sit here and whip out some bullshit that I still consider a deep part of my soul. But we it's so easy to feel alone and hollow and lost and it's not often that someone will bear their guts for you and your guts are fucking important your guts are valid yeah. <laughs> you just uh, i'm here for your guts guys just, <laughs> <laughs> just give me your insides i'll treasure them for absolutely always <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> I should never talk. I should No, just, this is great. People are going to love it. I'm telling you. This is an excellent interview. Excellent I'm, interview. And, <laughs> yes. Um, wow. Well, that's, uh, it's, it's a lot to chew on. Uh, again, I, I, I'm so happy that the last few podcasts have gotten so deep and real. And, and it's like, I love that. I love when it gets, you know, I love talking shop and talking technique and all that stuff that's all good and fun and enjoyable but i love it when you get shit gets real and it's you know really talking about the real the real okay. thing people deserve that you'll deserve to hear real things and because it's what we're all thinking it's what we're all feeling like, right. let's talk about it because we so, are we are real we are real things all of us god we're just sacks of foam and blood and fear and salt tears and that's okay that's fucking fine and we're gonna survive guys we're gonna fucking survive together oh yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, that's I, I I've I mean I've had moments in my adult life where I was like <clears throat> listening to music. Actually, music is really really big for me. Like as far as like a healing thing, mm-hmm. hearing some ugly dark music, punk rock aggression, and it making me feel like oh, this is my lifeline right now because I'm so desperate. You know, it was, especially when I was working in the in the business and I wanted out because I started, you know, showing my work and getting a little bit of success. And so then, of course, my then then the effects became like the real drag day job. And I was like, this is what I meant to do over here. And I'm sitting here sculpting a fucking rubber nose for some stupid movie that I don't give a shit about for eight hours a day or whatever. And just driving home and, and having this, you know, this music that I could relate to that was like, it made me feel like, ah, there's hope I can do this. You know, it like someone else feels this, this way. I feel like shit right now. And there's someone else who made this amazing song that felt the same way that I do right now. And it was so like, ah, oh, it was just like, it's, it feel another thing that just kind of saved me. And, yes. and that's art, you know, that's art. Indeed. I deeply value being alone. Like, please leave me alone forever, everybody. But I, I, it, it's different to feel lonely or to feel right. isolated. And I, it, that safety of knowing like, yeah, I'm physically alone. I'm in my space. I'm, I'm safe, but I'm not in a vacuum. Right. You have to have that connection. Other lone beings floating around out there having these same big, big feelings. Uh, and it's the feeling of being separate from them, but being connected. Like we're all just weaving this big fucking web. It really is. Mm-hmm. And in each time the fibers connect, it's yes, it's scary. Yes, it, it makes the world seem so huge and 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 full. But how amazing that people are connecting with what we're feeling and and understanding that from such a distance and and to feel yeah. you are alone. You are your little star in your own little sky. But we have great fucking weeping galaxy of nutballs and I <laughs> them all and I'm I just it's so it's so humbling and it's such a thrill to connect with these sad voices and music you're right Jesus music is gonna save and kill us all it's gonna be <laughs> it's, it's the thing that makes you the most sad and the most joyful right I, I I don't know where I'd be without it. I mean, yeah, I was raised on show tunes and church music, but <laughs> now I'm writing my own yeah, that's... nonsense. And I still call my mom. I'm like, mom, what's this chord? Like, <laughs> how do I invert this? Like, how do I? And she'll like put them on the piano and plink something out perfectly. I'm like, girl, please. <sighs> that's cool. Like, uh, uh, what do you... Amazing. What are you writing the music on? A, a piano or what? I wish. I need a piano, guys. I need a piano badly. Um, I got a piano in my garage. It's big, like 18, <laughs> 1800s stand-up piano. That's why I was, I, 
if if I am home, I try to plink something out on my the piano. It's a piano that I learned on when I was little. My mom still has it and still teaches on it. Um, so when I go home, I always pick my mom's brain and, and she'll help me plink something out. Um, if I'm at someone's house who has a guitar, I'll go into a bathroom that has a good echo and I'll so you, pull something out and record it. But you, you play many different instruments then, huh? No, I only officially play piano. I'll make noise on damn near anything if I need <laughs> make noise <laughs> if, I, if i need it to really make sound um but I, I was recently gifted a an uh a music making program says grandma without knowing what it's called and it blew my mind and i did a couple songs on it and part of it felt shameful I was like you don't need computers it's so great though it's so, it's so great amazing I'm, I'm hooked because before then my songs were really still let's be real when i do my live performances it's just like my that old ipod touch with a voice memo of like one of my songs it's really it's me with an unironic wallet chain and a pair of boots in a bathroom <laughs> and i drop the wallet chain and then i drop the boots and i do that over and over again and then i call it music and uh, that's like what i play as my uh my back music for one of my songs wow <laughs> <laughs> But then there'll be another one where I've got the full orchestrated nonsense from that computer program. So um, I, I say at my shows, like, this, you can tell which ones are the newer ones because they are very obviously the computer generated full, you know, fake violins and shit, the full orchestrated piece. Right. And you can tell which one's the older ones because it's either me with boots and chains or one of them is actually my mom on a voice memo playing that piano at my house. Oh, uh, cool. It's a voice memo. You can't edit that shit. Like, she did it fucking perfect the first time. And it was just supposed to be so I could practice. But I really believe because these shows are reflections of myself in a moment, because these shows are me taking this moment that I couldn't handle and writing a song about it and making puppets about it and pouring myself into it and then calling it a show. Mm -hmm. Go back and I improve them. If I go back and I re-record them, then... It's not that moment anymore. I can't tell you here is how I literally survived this horrible moment in my life by making a show out of it. If, if, if I'm changing it, if I'm going back and making it different, it's no longer that honesty that mm. puppets must be. So I want to keep that as my mom. No, that's... <laughs> If it's, it's so important. Yeah. I mean, if it's right, you know it's right, you know. If yeah, it's, if it's right... <laughs> To do, you know, a voice memo thing of your mom playing the piano, then that's what it needs to be. Yeah, it's know? honest. Yeah. It's honest. It's, it's human. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe someday I'll have something closer to a high production value, but I don't even know if I want that. I, right. I don't know if I if I ever want anything more than this strange sort of berserker low maintenance nonsense that it feels like a more human experience I don't know. wow i ramble that's a, that's great I was, just, <laughs> I was just gonna say that's a good a good spot to end it because we're almost at two hours that was damn we are yeah wow. yeah <laughs> that was, sorry that's great that's great uh, those are the perfect. That's those are the those are the best uh, episodes where you just forget that you're being recorded and it just goes on and it's like oh I thought it was like half an hour. 
burden. I <laughs> feel like I talked over you. No, it's you're the one being interviewed. <laughs> Sorry. It's I, I look at the the sound wave after I record the podcasts and. <laughs> No, I, I do because I have to find them, and and this the software I use just brings the sound wave up, and it's it's just I wouldn't look at it unless I had to. It's a long story, but if I I I get bummed out when I see my sound wave happening too much because it's about the it's about the person I'm interviewing, so they're well, surely see bursts of my guffawing. <laughs> so it's, you were great. Don't even don't even. So it was great. This is a, a great episode. Everyone's going to love it. I know they're going to love it. Thanks. But thank you for, for taking the time out. This is great. It's super fun. Asking me, I really, it, when I saw, when you asked, I'm telling you, I had a moment and I was like, maybe you should say no, because you're not good at, like, you're not good enough. You're not put together enough. You don't have a method. You don't, I, I almost said like, thanks but no thanks it's too important for someone like me but (laughs) just to be self-deprecating which is a big on-brand thing for me but i i really was humbled and to to be able to speak to someone that i mean you were one of the first people when i was on my little ipod trying to figure out who the fuck to to follow to make this feel like home this glowing thing in my hand that had to become Part that had to become important to me. It had to become something safe and relevant for me. And to find you on there, and and other artists I admire, to feel like this was a, this was a place I could be, was really important. And to trust my puppets in that space on that platform, right. it's important to keep in touch with and hear from artists like you that make me feel like I'm putting these little souls into good hands (laughs) (laughs) well that's what we're all doing i mean you are that i i I appreciate that that's that's humbling for me and and very gratifying to hear but you what i'm just happy sorry i was happy (laughs) (laughs) but i was gonna say that's what you are to someone else now you know what i mean no seriously you you are you are that there's another there's i guarantee you there's a bunch of people out there um that are like that found your stuff and, and and they're they're going like oh my god I'm not crazy I'm not alone you know it's, I'm it's a certainty unfathomable but it's so good it's amazing to hear and I hope I can be something to them you are you are again I guarantee it you are to Rick you are to Rick Baker even Jesus don't <laughs> oh, I want to cry all over again. <laughs> Rick Baker. I'm sorry, Mr. Baker. <laughs> Can I call you Rick? <laughs> He's a cool guy. He's a really cool guy. Oh, okay. You. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a really thank great you. talk. Really enjoyed it. I got to see one of your puppet shows someday. Hopefully you come out to the yeah, West I'm Coast. For sure. I'm coming back again. I have to. Your stuff would do well out here. Your stuff would do well in the in the arts in the art scene in the dark art scene, really like there's some galleries. Let me know. I'll put you in touch with some good galleries. I think that would, uh, you'd be great at the dark art emporium. They would love to have you there. I know it. We should guess. And they're, they're the, the way it's done up in there is like perfect for you. It's so cool. You'd love it. Anyway, let's try it again. Let's do it. Okay.
So, all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, um, Han, for, for being on. And uh, if you want to support this great programming, because it is great. This show is great. It's, it's not me that's great. It's this show is great because I pick great artists to be on and the artists are fucking great. So if you want to support them and support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and you can join for just one month and then you get the podcast a day early, which is pretty cool. Um, and you get to join the, <coughs> excuse me, the secret little Facebook group. And we're starting a website, which is going to be cool. Our own little website, our own little dark art community on the web. It's, coming out in October sometime, which I will be making the announcement for. And that's it. So let's say goodbye to everybody. Ready? Oh. Give, <laughs> give a good give a give a goodbye to the audience. Oh goodbye audience. You're incredible and you should um, walk heavy and breathe fire and make puppets and live forever. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>